We thank you for your glory. We thank you for your fire. Oh, we worship you today. You're worthy of our praise, God. Oh. We worship you. Here we go. I'm not gonna live by what I see. Well, I'm not gonna live by what I hear. I'm not gonna live by what I hear. Cause deep down I know that you're here with me. Yes, you are. And I know that you can do anything through you i can do anything i can do all things because it's you who gives me strength yes it is nothing is impossible through you blind eyes are open and strongholds. And strongholds are broken i am living by faith Nothing is impossible. Come on, do you believe that tonight? Yeah. Oh, we worship you. Come on, I'm not going to live by what I see. Let's declare it tonight. I'm not going to live by what I see. Not going to live by what I feel. I'm not going to live by what I feel. you're here with me yes you are and i know that you can do anything yes you can because through you i can do anything i can do all things because it's you who gives me strength and nothing is impossible through you blind eyes are open yes they are Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. And nothing is impossible. I believe, I believe. Come on. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. Yes, we do. I believe, I believe. I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe in you. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Yes, you can. Cause it's you who gives oh, come me on, shout it out. Nothing is. And nothing is impossible. Through you, blind eyes are open. And strongholds are broken. Come on, I'm living by faith. I am living by faith. And nothing is impossible. I believe, I believe. I believe, I believe in you. I believe, I believe. I believe in you. Yes, we do.
Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor, I believe in Jesus. I believe in power. Come on, I believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Your name, God. 
my body when I move my feet when I open my mouth then the darkness flees when I move my body when I move my feet when I open my mouth then the darkness flees when I move my body when I move my feet when I open my mouth then the darkness flees when I move my body when I move my feet when I open my mouth then the darkness flees when I move my body when I move my feet when I open my mouth then the darkness flees when I move my body when I move my feet when I open my mouth then the darkness flees the darkness flees there it goes the darkness flees come on there's power in your praise I said there's power in your praise Whoa. Strongholds are coming down. There they go. Jesus is lifted high. Well, let's declare strongholds. Strongholds are coming down. Jesus is lifted high. Strongholds are coming down. Yes, they are. And Jesus is lifted high. We decree tonight. Strongholds are coming down. And Jesus is lifted high. Is lifted high. Jesus 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 is lifted high. Oh, we lift you up. Jesus is lifted high. Jesus is lifted high. Jesus is lifted high. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Hallelujah. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb. Till I met you. Come on, aren't you glad? I was breathing, but not alive. And you may feel that way tonight, but God's going to bring life into you tonight. All my failures I tried. I tried to hide. To hide. It was my tomb. It was my tomb. Till I met you.
has saved my soul. Yeah, now your freedom, now your freedom is all that I know. Yes, it is. The old made new. Jesus, when I met you, oh, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. He called you. Come on, I said, aren't you glad he called you into his glorious light? Oh, we worship you, Lord. Come on, decree it. Chains break at the weight of your mercy. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. You called me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Future. I have a future. My eyes, my eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, I ran out of that grave. Oh, out of the darkness into your glorious day. Give the Lord a praise if you're thankful. Yeah. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we just welcome your presence and your glory. Into this place tonight. Oh, we worship you. Come on, throw those hands up in the air and just begin to bless him. Oh, we bless you, Lord. So good, so good, so good to us. I've tried so hard to see it. Took me so long to believe it But you choose someone like me To carry your victory Perfection could never earn it You give what we don't deserve And you take the broken things Raise them to glory Cause you are my champion And giants fall when you stand undefeated Every 
a heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Yes, she has. Now I can finally see it. You're teaching me how to receive it. So let all the striving cease. This is my victory. For victory, victory is mine, victory is mine, whoa. When I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority. Jesus has given me when I open when I open up my mouth miracles start breaking out I have the authority Jesus has given Jesus has given me when I lift my voice and shout Every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority that Jesus has given me. Every battle you've won, I am who you are. 
You crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all. Come on, do you believe he's conquered it all? Come on, someone shout victory. Woo! Come on, shout victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless your name. Thank you, Father. You unravel me with the melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. Till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God. Thank you, God. Oh, from my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again to your family. Oh, your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer, come on, sing it. And I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh, declare it tonight. I am a child of God. I'm no longer. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Thank you, Lord. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. No, no, no. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. I'm no longer a slave. Fear. I am a child of God. Yes, we are. Oh, yeah. The Most High God.
rescued me so I could stand and sing. I am a child of God. You split the sea. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. This weekend, says the Lord, I'm crowning you with confidence. For though you walk in the room heavy, the Lord says, I'm going to give you praise. For this is a moment of exchange, says the Spirit of the Lord. And if you'll take a moment and embrace what I'm doing in this exact moment, I will give you a crown of thanksgiving and confidence. And you'll leave this place different than how you came. Submit to my way, and I'll prove to you how powerful my way truly is. And so stand straight, look tall, throw your, your shoulders back, and know who you are. For the Lord says, I've called you for such a time as this to release a sound from my heavenly realm. For many of you have been closed off, shut down, and locked down. But the Lord says, this night I'm giving you a key to be unlocked. So get ready. I'm giving you the key now. If you'll begin to lift your hands all over this room, the Lord says, I'm dropping keys right now into your spirit. And God says, I'm getting ready to push you into your next season. The last season is over. Quit looking back, but look forward for what I'm doing for you today. Look into your future and prophesy, future, come into my now. Future, come into my now. So, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your glory, your radiating glory right now in this room, illuminating every woman every child in this room those that are watching all over the world illumination glory glory illumination the radiating glory of god be released right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus and the lord's dropping keys and crowns of authority crowns of of confidence whatever crown you need the lord says i've got it just ask me for it for you are royalty. You are chosen. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for your presence. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. We magnify you. Glorify you. the saints and angels they bow before your throne and all the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sing and all the saints and angels they bow before your throne all the elders and all the elders cast their crowns before the lamb of god and sing you're worthy of it Day and night, night and day, let 
Give the Lord a praise. Come on, give him praise. If he deserves the glory. You sound so sweet this evening, ladies. I just have to tell you, and you sound even sweeter to your father. Amen? I just want you to, uh, as you find your seats, you just let him know in your own special way. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You communicate with him in that deep, sweet, tender moment of intimacy between you and him and you let him know that he is worthy of it all every single thing from a to z comes through him by him because of him and he's worthy of all of it i don't even know if our brains can fathom fathom and encompass what that truly means to be worthy of i mean it's like awe-inspiring i can't even finish my sentence but we're so glad that you're here this evening. Uh, good job, praise and worship team. Right, let's give them a hand. I feel like we, I feel like we experienced all the emotions there. We did like some warfare, right? We got our energy up, and then we marched that battlefield with an undefeated general, and then we just loved on him for a second. And that's what it's all about, right? So uh, we're glad that you're here again. My name is Sarah. If there's anything I can do for you this weekend, you personally come see me, and I'll do my best to make it happen. And um, if you're a visitor here, well, I have news for you. You're not a visitor in this house. You're family in this house. That's how we do things at the gathering place, and we're so, so glad that you're here for the weekend. Oh, good timing, Pastor, because I want you to talk to the ladies about the rest of the weekend and how they can give 
into what's going to be going on around here this weekend. Pastor John, everybody. Well, thank the Lord. Amen. Aren't you glad to be here? I'm glad to be here, even though I'm a dude. But, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I always get blessed in women's meetings. And so, that's, hey, you know, hallelujah. Well, it's good to have each here tonight. Um, I feel like this is a very significant uh, moment for many of you in the room. And I want you to, to, I know you may have things going on tomorrow, or, um, but you really need to be here. Amen. 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 You need to be here because God has something special for you that he wants to impart to you. Um, there's so much in the, in the realm of the kingdom, in the kingdom realm to obtain. Sometimes you just got to be at the right place at the right time to get it. Well, amen. Amen. You're doing good. But you got to be at the right place at the right time because God, there's Kairos moments that he positions we're um on the calendar i'm sorry my ocd thank you jesus now the anointing can fall we're at the right place at the right time <laughs> lord yes you got to get in right alignment you see thank you lord okay now we're right all right and so um, we're excited to have you tonight, and um, this is our first one, we'll have another one next year, and um, so it's going to be, maybe we'll have four or five next year, who knows, you never know what God may do, amen, we'll go fishing, we'll go hunting, Pastor Garland will take us hunting for men's fresh fire, that's fresh fire for men, amen, and so we're honored to have you guys here tonight, thank you for being here, if you know someone that um, needs something to do tomorrow, we'll be here at uh, 10.30 in the morning. And uh, we're going to have a great time, and then at 6 o'clock, and then all on Sunday morning at 10.30. So we want to give you an opportunity to sow tonight. Um, things like this cost money. And so we want to give you an opportunity to sow into this. So if you would like to give tonight, you can text give to, um, I don't know, 833-661-1086. And we'll thank you for that. Uh, I'm, used to, I'm used to saying Brother Scott has the offering envelope, but Alexis has the offering envelope. So if you'll raise your hand, um, she'll give you an offering envelope. And uh, if you want to write a check, you can make it to TGP. And thank you for that. We pray over these. These aren't just, you know, sown and they just go somewhere. We actually pray over them. We bless them and we speak life over your finances. Amen. If you have a church that does not speak life into your finances, run for the hills. Well, I'm just saying because, well, thank you, Lord. You got to speak life into your finances. So many of us have dead finances. You got to use the word of God to speak life into your bank account. And God is not the God of subtraction. He's the God of multiplication. Hallelujah. And so we're going to pray over our offering here. Um, so we just, again, thank you for being here tonight. I want to thank uh, Carrie for being here and Pastor Bev and Pastor uh, Beth. And we're just so honored to have these dynamic generals with us. Amen. They go and call. I think you can do better than that. I mean, my Jesus. Some drove from New Orleans and others drove from Conroe. And so, I mean, amen. And so we're going we're gonna to take up an offering for them as well at the end of the service tonight. And so let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for being able to sow into this moment. We thank you for alignment. We thank you for uh, what you're going to do this weekend in the hearts of uh, your people 
Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is on your calendar before we knew it was. And we thank you for the prophetic flow and the, the Holy Spirit flow and all that you got for us tonight. We just thank you for it. And we bless each person here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we got some buckets around here. Um, so, uh, and so um, Alexis has a bucket. And so we're just going to pass the bucket down the row. And, um, and while we're passing that bucket, I'll just stand here. And, uh, and we're going to play a song. Uh, and... Um, Enjoy the song. I don't know what he's going to play, but he's going to play something. We normally sing, but we sang a lot. So, Amen. 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 I saw some earlier. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hello. Why don't you uh, say hi to somebody around you while we're blessed, right? Tell your neighbor, I'm blessed in the city. Tell them, I'm blessed in the city. And I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come. And I'm blessed when I go. And if you don't know, you're blessed too. Boo-boo. That's King James. Boo-boo. Fred Hammonds. Amen. I mean, it don't get late in the midnight hour. I'm just, don't get me started. So now we, that's, we get to start having fun, right? Well, it is my privilege and my honor to introduce to you your hostess for the weekend. She's the first mama around here. We love her. We appreciate her. We respect her. What happens in this place is a direct extension of how she has raised her sons what she imparted to them, even as little teeny tiny children, and um, we're just reaping the fruits. 
the Bible says you will know them by their fruits, and we know you. Yeah. And we love you. Ladies and gentlemen, all three of you gentlemen, please welcome with me Pastor Patricia Ortiz Kaufman. Um, I don't like to get behind the mic. Lower, lower pants on fire, right? <laughs> but um, I'm just so happy to see your faces, your beautiful faces, and Miss Peggy back there just a grinning, and I see you grinning. Why? Was it sprayed? Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I think, you know, it's Friday night. And there's a big football game going on just down the road. We'll probably hear him whooping and hollering, and you'll hear the tom-toms. But the Indians aren't going to come overtake the Bulldogs. They're the Bulldogs, are, they're, they're going for it. They'll bring the trophy back home. So, um... Anyway, now that I've said that, we are so blessed this weekend to have three highly anointed women to come to deliver the word to us. I want you to get ready to receive, come each time with expectancy in your spirit, block out all the junk, get rid of it before you get here, because you want to receive a fresh word from God, and I and believe you're going to receive it. Y'all like all my shoes? And the ones I have on? I love shoes. I, I love shoes. Well, I'm telling you what happened is um, in my study time, I already told the ladies this. Um, I was going on and on and on and on about, well, why doesn't this person do this? Why didn't that person do this? Well, this one's too slow. Well, this one's too fast. Well, this one just won't shut up, you know. And so all of a sudden I heard, little girl. And he said, no one walks the way you do. In other words, Carrie doesn't wear the shoes that I wear, but we do go barefooted a lot, you know. Anna Marie doesn't wear the same shoes that I do because she doesn't walk in the same things that I walk through. We all walk down different paths because God has created us each unique. Unique. We're each fearfully and wonderfully made. He saw what he wanted to see. He saw what he wanted to do, and he did it. What a wonderful God we have. Well, this, again, is very special for me because I believe I'm going to have something imparted into my spirit. I believe I'm going to walk out of here tonight having grown in the spirit, and tomorrow I'm going to grow some more. And Sunday morning, I'm going to grow some more. And I hope you'll all come back and join me. I really do. Okay. This was kind of hard for me to do. But I've typed some stuff, so I think I'm just going to have to read it. 
I admire our first speaker very much. She doesn't know it, but she has imparted so much into my life over the 20-odd years that we've known each other. Pastor Beverly Bilbo. I call her pastor. I also call her friend, and I also call her family. Our children were all teenagers when we were all learning the ministry, and we learned a lot from Pastor Beverly and her husband, Pastor Garland Bilbo. They have Praise Church of Louisiana. They have two campuses, one in Gonzales and the other one in uh, Metairie, right, right outside of New Orleans. If you've ever been to New Orleans, you go through Metairie to get there. On top of that, this woman is a, has, is a recording artist. She's part of the John Maxwell team, and she's been hosting, I think I read, women's conferences since 97. Did also say that she's authored four books. They are wounded in the house of my friends, which I am going to give away to one person today. And that book, is a true experience of her life. You know how sometimes we walk around and we've got, from my life, we have friends, but all of a sudden that friend turns against you and you don't know why. What did I do to you? And you approach that person as the word says, and that person won't respond to you. I try one more time. That person still hasn't responded. Okay, that's it. I'm not going to walk around in that hurt anymore. That's done. She's also written the book Free from the Grip of Fear. Let me tell you, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And sometimes I have to go back and look at it because I realize that fear is come, coming around me again. The, last, the next one is the Jezebel spirit. That's another good one to read. Her latest one is called The Invitation. This is mine, I think. Is this mine? Yeah. Because it's all written up. It's really neat. It's every day, and then when you get to Friday, you get to read that same devotional Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then Monday you get a new one. I'd like to give someone this book. This devotional that when you open it up each day, you'll be surprised how it's the Holy Spirit speaking through these words. It's, it's how many women, Pastor Bib? 50 women. are in this book, including Pastor Beverly and Pastor Bethany. Let me tell you what, I have cried many tears over these devotionals. Many tears. And I've slapped my hands a few times because I thought, you know, she's talking about you, you know. So who can tell me what Psalm 4610 is? Shout it out. I can't hear you, honey. 
Love you, baby. Sarah, we're going to do this like Joan does it. Wounded in the house of my friends. If you've ever been wounded in the house of God, you need to read this. Excuse me. Even if you have it, you need to read it. So here's what we're going to do. Don't you fall down. The person who can yell, Sarah, the loudest, will get that book. Oh. It was Penny. It was Penny. It was Penny. Penny. Wait, make sure that's not mine. No, I've got it. No, it's mine. It's not mine. All right, everybody stand up. Get your spirits ready. And let's welcome Pastor Beverly Bilbo all the way from New Orleans. Y'all may be seated. Thank you so much. It's my honor to be here. And um, I have been seeking the Lord about what to share here tonight. And um, just to, um, so I don't get in trouble, I have to clarify, my husband wrote the Jezebel spirit. I was the ghost writer. <laughs> but, um, but we are, we collaborated on that project. But, um, I am so honored to be here, and I didn't realize, because y'all host a lot of conferences, I didn't realize this is the first women's conference. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. And look at the crowd here. On a Friday night when there's football games and everything else going on, you know why? Because we're hungry. We're hungry for God, and our nation is hungry. The world is hungry. We're desperate for a move of the Spirit. And so I, as I've been seeking the Lord, and we were talking about the fact that um, Pastor Patricia has chosen to use shoes, and we've used that sometimes for our conferences, different things about shoes and stepping and uh my husband and Bethany both were saying, why don't you preach this message, you know, and on it, because I, I have messages that I've preached talking about our steps and our steps being in order of the Lord. And, and I just was like, I just feel like the, the, the clarity, though, is where I'm going tonight. They wanted me to speak on stepping over dead things, and I may hit on that, but that's not where I'm going right at the moment, because I feel like that, and the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. This is prevalent in our land, and I know it's prevalent in this room tonight. And it's been confirmed to me through a couple of things that have happened already in the service. One was through a song that y'all were singing, Not a Slave to Fear. I feel like what I'm gonna, the Lord wanted me to deal with, and then you talked about it when you were referring to the book on Free from the Grip of Fear. And I feel like that the Lord wanted me to deal with the topic of fear and bringing forth peace in this situation. You see, everybody that you know is dealing with anxiety of some level. I know as pastors, my husband and I, our hearts are broken. We've already had some of our congregation members who right now we're dealing, even in our own church, 
roof off with Hurricane Ida and all of us that live in these regions understand and we're like not again not again but uh we're walking through those processes but at the same time we've got people in our congregation who are losing their jobs because some believe in the vaccine some don't believe in the vaccine and I'm not here to tell you what to believe in you've got to find your own peace and your own direction what the Holy Spirit's telling you to do in these situations you know and so I we're not here to tell you that so don't think that's where I'm going I'm not I'm not that's what the Holy Spirit needs to show each of you but what I am saying is all of these situations are bringing forth a lot of a lot of anxiety you know we we will go through things in our nation and in the world and we'll think wow this is the most you know anxiety people have ever dealt with years ago Years ago, it began, uh, you know, the doctors began to say that anxiety and panic attacks were epidemic. But we're way beyond that now, way beyond that. As COVID uh, began last year, the amount of suicides was off the charts, you know, because of the hopelessness. And people are still dealing with that. And so I'm going to speak to you from a passage that you're quite familiar with. But I'm going to give you a challenge with it. And we're talking about dare to step out of the boat. So we're talking about those shoes you've got on. All of us have different shoes. We all walk a different way. We all have a different journey. And some people decide to make the right paths along the journey that's laid before them. And some do not. But we're, we're here tonight because we're spirit-led. And we want the Holy Spirit to order our steps and guide us every step of the way. Fear cannot keep me in the boat. I want to start by saying that. And I want you to say that to yourself. I want you to say that to the devil. Fear cannot keep me in this boat. I'm stepping out. I am stepping out. No matter what others think, no matter what voices may come against me, I'm going to walk in obedience to what the Holy Spirit's showing me. I know that I'm not making these steps by myself, but I know he's going to order me. So uh, order my steps. Matthew 14, 22 through 35, a lot of verses, but I'm going to read. Uh, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Now, when you study that out, the word uh, spirit there, actually, they, the, the Greek definition of that says they thought it was a phantom, a phantom, a ghost. That's what they thought was coming towards them on the water. And so they cried out for fear. Now, look, ladies, these were not just, you know, the average guy. These were some tough guys. 
tough guys who, who were spending, you know, days and nights on the water, you know, and, and facing all kinds of storms and situations, you know, hurricanes come. I've been raised in New Orleans, you know, and hurricanes come, we're evacuating. I really don't want to be there in the middle of that. We're going to come back and deal with whatever has been left when we get, you know, when it's, when the storm passes, you know, but these guys, they out on a boat in the midst of these, you know, horrible, horrific, conditions and so they cried out the bible says uh, here again the greek definition for this says they shrieked and they screamed with the fear that was overwhelming them i don't know about you but there are times when fear has come in to grip me that i just was frozen you know fear can be paralyzing just frozen in place you even feel like your heart's not breathing beating you feel like you can't catch your breath you just feel paralyzed in that situation and there's other times when fear will come that you just want to scream you want to cry all of our various emotions are affected by fear and so as Peter, uh, but straightway, verse 27, Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Now, I'm going to pause right there for a minute to say it was their Lord and Savior coming to them, but they didn't even recognize him. Their discernment wasn't kicked in, y'all. How many times have we been going through situations and the first thing we want to do is either blame somebody or rebuke the devil when it just might be the Lord that's manifesting himself in various ways to get our attention and to shake us loose from our ideologies because we decide that God's going to move this way, that way, the other way, in this time, that time, or the other, and through various individuals. And guess what? If he, if he can tell, and he can, that you got it all planned out, he is sure enough not going to work it out that way. He's going to find another way to manifest his power and minister in the midst of the situation. Why? Because he's sovereign, and he's going to allow the things to take place to where that he gets all the glory. The last song they were singing, all the glory must go to the Lord. So he's going to allow it to happen so that he will receive the glory, not the way that we have it planned out. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he, meaning Jesus, said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Wait, I'm reading the same one again. How about that? But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Now we're going to skip to another message. Y'all getting two for one. How about that? <laughs> Now, where did it go? Don't you be hiding on me. Hmm. 
Let me get that iPad. I think I got it in there. And when Pastor John started giving his word a while ago, and he was talking about being unlocked and keys falling, unlocked is the name of my, my ministry, is unlocked. And I'm always doing things with keys and unlocking. And so um, I loved that. And so just one moment as I get it all together here. <clears throat> unlocking supernatural peace. Because that's where we are. We need to get over the fear. We're going to dare to step out of the boat, and we're going to unlock supernatural peace. Do you know people can give you gifts, and they can buy things for you, and if you never open the package, or even if you open the package and leave it on a shelf but never use it, you'll never know the benefit of what, what could have been afforded to you. And that's what so many times we do with the Lord, specifically with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. We're aware that he's given us gifts, but we're not utilizing what he has given us. So we're going we're gonna to hit on some things tonight, and we're going to focus on now on David's life. We started with talking about the familiar passage of Peter daring to step out of the boat, and I'm going to come back to that again in a little bit, but right now we're going to look at David's life, and this passage I'm going to be referring to but not reading right now is out of 2 Samuel 13. I will read some in a minute out of 2 Samuel 14. When we're, fo we're focusing on David's life, and he had 20 children, and we're only going to look at three of them, Amnon, Absalom, and Tamar. Absalom in 2 Samuel 14, 25, he is described as the most handsome man in the kingdom. And the people loved him. He had leadership skills. And so he had that charisma about him. He drew people to him. They wanted to follow him. They could recognize the leadership anointing and gifting that was upon him. The Bible says Absalom was praised as the most handsome man in all of Israel. He was flawless <clears throat> from head to foot. When he cut his hair once a year, only because it became too heavy, it would weigh five pounds. He's gone down in history, though, as David's rebellious son. What a label. King David was considered to be a wonderful leader. He was a great warrior on the battlefield. He was loved by his followers. He was respected for his accomplishments in his kingdom. He was anointed to be the king. He was an amazing shepherd, a phenomenal worshiper, and he had a heart after God. As I said, he had 20 children, but he also, I did not say, had eight wives. And although I've listed many of his attributes, he had family problems. He was a successful figure. He was successful in leadership, but he was a private failure. Let, let's let that sink in for a minute. How tragic to be successful in leadership and respected on one level, but in your own private personal life for everything to be a failure. He failed as a father. 
He had failure in his own life sexually and, and morally. He carried embarrassment and shame. His pride was crushed. He was acquainted with sorrow and shame personally, but he also brought that on his family by his choices. He was fearful for his life. He was hated and sought out by his own children, his own seed. A public success, but a private failure. Psalms chapter 3 is, is written in the time frame when Tamar had been raped by her brother Amnon. His daughter Tamar, David's daughter Tamar, had been raped by her brother Amnon. And then Absalom came on the scene to kill Amnon, which he eventually, he, he made that happen because the murder of his brother while he was hiding Tamar, trying to protect her in his house. He was hiding her, but anger and rage was rising up inside of him against his own father. We're talking family issues. And some of y'all thought you had family issues. You want to talk about dysfunction? David is in the Bible dictionary. It should say next to dysfunction, David. <laughs> David was dysfunctional. Came from uh, and created, I should say, a dysfunctional family. And yet in the midst of all of this chaos, while he's a wreck, because his baby girl has been raped, and that's terrible, that's horrible. But it's worse that she was raped by her own brother who had tricked her, who should have been there to protect her. You know, in families, we should protect each other. You know, we should cover for each other. We should shield each other. And instead, she was taken advantage of, and she was raped by her brother. I mean, I cannot imagine as a parent knowing this craziness is going on in your children's lives. And now that one of his other son, Absalom, who was known for being so beautiful, yet he allowed such rage and indignation to rise up inside of him till he killed Amnon. He's trying to protect Tamar. He disagrees with his father. He's threatened by his father. And he wants to take his father's place. So now he's trying to kill his father. This should not be a time when David has peace. Yet he had peace. It says, Lord, verse 1, Psalms chapter 3, verse 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Wow, people are making such a judgment of David. They're saying God can't even help him. God can't help him. He might be anointed to be the king. He might have been the greatest shepherd that ever lived. He might be the most awesome psalmist and songwriter and worship leader and everything else, but there is no help for him even in God. So nobody believed 
can tell you in this church, I don't know where all of you go to church, but I can tell you that in this church, this is a loving family who take their, their um, passion of family, number one, they're very passionate about family and about the family union and being there for each other, fighting for each other, every one of them. But also they take their role as a shepherd, spiritual shepherd, pastor, very seriously. And they're going to help you. They're going to help encourage you in the situation. You know, to have nobody believe in you, I cannot imagine having that. Because all of us in this room that will tell the truth will say that there are times we don't believe in ourselves. You know, there's, a, there's another passage that we're not really hitting on tonight. But where David said that he had to encourage his own self in the Lord. Because sometimes there wasn't anybody else around to encourage him, you know. And sometimes there are those moments. But I can tell you that if you don't have a good church that you're attending with loving leadership, you found it tonight. Because they will love on you. They will help you. If they see you're making a mistake and in your journey, you're putting on the wrong shoes that don't fit, or you got them on the wrong feet. You know how little children will put the right one on the left one on the wrong, you know, and then try to walk. You know, they're going to help you. They're going to help you in that. Now, I wouldn't plan on saying that. That would just, I'm from South Louisiana, so that was a land yap. That means that was free. That was extra that I'm just giving you. I'm just throwing that out there. But David didn't have anybody to encourage him. Nobody believed in him. They're all talking about him. They're saying, God can't even help you. You're so sorry. You're such a loser. You're such a failure. You know, not only is he heartbroken looking at what's happening to his family and his kids, and he's frightened that he's going to be murdered, yet at the same time, people are trashing-mouthing him and talking against him and, and saying there's no help for him even in God. But it was in that situation, verse 3, he said, but thou, O Lord, you're a shield for me. You're my glory, and you're the lifter of my head. What is the significance of that? The significance of that is because when we feel shamed, shamed for our own situation or a family member, possibly some of you, maybe you have family members that have, have committed crimes or or, or maybe you've been involved in something of that nature yourself. Or maybe you've got a relative who's in prison. I don't know, but whatever happens, maybe you were violated. But when these things happen, it causes shame to come on you. And there's several times in the Word it talks about how God will, will be the lifter of our head. Because he will come in to the situation where you feel so much shame, you don't even want to pick up your head. You don't even want to look, look somebody in the face because you're sure they're going to reject you. You're sure they're going to cast you away. But in that situation, that God will be the lifter of your head. And this is what David said. Everybody else has given up on me, but you, O oh Lord, you're a shield for me. You're my glory, and you are the lifter of my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice. 
And he heard me. Nobody else would listen to me. Nobody else would give me the time of day. They wouldn't believe me. They wouldn't even hear my pain and my agony. They wouldn't entertain what I had to say. But Lord, you listened to me and you heard me out of your holy hill. Even though my life was such a mess. You, God, listened. Listened to me. And verse 5. I laid me down and slept. And then I awakened. Boy, do we need an awakening right now? But we're also, and everybody's preaching it, including me. It's time for an awakening. It's time for an awakening. We need to wake up. We need to realize what's going on. Open your eyes. Y'all, we can't wake up if we haven't got some rest. We're human beings. We're human beings. And at some point, I, I'm a night person. I don't sleep a whole lot. But I, I average four hours a night sleep. But, but then after a few days, yeah. I'm going to crash. I just need to sleep yeah. so that I can get up and get going again. He laid down and slept, and then he awakened. Why? Because the Lord sustained him. Hallelujah. And then he goes on in verse 6 and says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. So ladies, I don't know what you're dealing with in your personal life. I know a lot of what's going on in the world. I also know there's a lot of things that's going on in the world that are hidden. But hallelujah, they're getting exposed. Is God's on the throne, and God's going to reveal those things that have been done in secret. He is a righteous God. He is a just God. He knows what's going on, and he's bringing things to the forefront. And I'm so thankful for that. And in the process of that, you know, the devil never wants to be exposed. So he puts up the worst fight when he realizes he's getting a little nervous because his evil deeds are about to be exposed. But I'm not talking just about that tonight. I'm talking about the personal situations you're going through. Is it your marriage? Is it your relationships? Has somebody been unfaithful to you? Has somebody betrayed you? What, what, what all has happened in your personal world that the enemy's trying to use to bring so much fear to make you feel like you're worthless. To make you feel like everybody's talking about you just like they did about David. Saying they're hopeless. There's no hope for them. God can't even use them. I know God's powerful. I know God's... But God can't even fix this mess. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I know that God doesn't make a mistake. And we are alive today. You're sitting here tonight with breath to breathe, when in the past year, probably most of us in this room have dear people to us who we have lost to a crazy sickness that is, it's less deaths than the flu has brought about, but yet it's still taken people's lives. And it's taken them in their breath, affecting their breath. But the Holy Spirit, what did he do? 
He breathed life into us. It's time for us to let the Holy Spirit breathe life into us to wake up. Allow the Spirit of God to breathe into our lives, into our situations. What is the impossibility in your life? I want to encourage you tonight that even though fear is trying to come up and rise up, there are those of you under the sound of my voice that have been dealing with not just through this situation. In fact, this is what God told me. There's some of you that are dealing with panic and anxiety attacks. You dealt with them years ago. You got over it. But all the recent chaos is resurfacing it. Because everybody you talk to has got a negative word. Nobody's speaking life. Nobody's speaking hope. Nobody's speaking the promises of God. Nobody's speaking encouragement. You turn on the news channel and all you hear is, you know, horrible things that are going on and, and, and decisions that, you know, illegitimate authorities are making and, and speaking and loosing things that they shouldn't do and causing chaos to take place. But there's a place that we can get to in God, just like David did. Where we can have peace. I'm talking about supernatural peace. Peace that it doesn't even make sense for you to have peace. You can, I guarantee you there are others of you in here besides me that I can look back on situations I've walked through in my journey. And I thought, I should have lost my mind. How did I maintain my sanity under the pressure that was upon me at that time? And the, the people who I thought I could trust and the betrayal that rose up, how did I make it through that season? Because a loving God, he was my shield. He was my glory. And when I was carrying a shame due to the actions of others, he was the lifter of my head. He believed in me when nobody else could believe in me. And he stood by my side. And he whispered words of encouragement to me. And because of that, I can tell the devil, devil, you've been tormenting me. You've been causing me to get up at night and pace the floor. I try to go to sleep. And I can't, can't rest. But I can now tell the devil, devil, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. I'm going to bed and I'm going to sleep because I've got supernatural peace. I want you to take a moment, turn to your sister beside you or your brother beside you and tell him. <laughs> say, say, tell the devil, I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed because I'm going to experience the supernatural peace of God that passes all understanding. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, be careful for nothing. Now, what that means is don't get anxious. Don't have anxiety about all of this insanity going on. Don't have anxiety. Be careful for nothing. But in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Oh, Pastor Bev, how in the world you expect me to give 
thanks in the midst of this devilish situation I'm walking through. Well, I'm not expecting it. But our Lord and Savior, who has already equipped you and I with everything we'll ever need, he anointed holy men of God who wrote these scriptures. And they said, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So I tell the Lord, I just talk to him. And I say, Lord, I'm finding it very hard to have thankful heart with all this going on. I know you're up there. You know what's going on. You know what this one did. You know what happened there. You know what happened overseas. You know what happened with the military. You know all these things that are going on. And in and of myself, I'm finding it hard to be thankful, but I'm going to walk in obedience to your word, and I'm going to find something to be thankful for. Lord, you believed in me. You believed in me. You let me live through all this. I could have been born years ago, or I could have been aborted. I could have never been born. I could have died when attacks came upon me over the time of my, my life. You know, uh, various different situations where I should have been taken out, but God allowed me to live. So I'm, I'm going to thank God for that, because guess what? He saw value in me. That he allowed me to live so that I could continue to carry on the work he's called me to in the darkest time our nation's ever known. So I'm not thankful for the chaos, but I'm thankful for who you are. And I'm thankful that you believed in me and that you came to me at my worst points and you lifted my head. And you helped bring healing to my innermost being so that I could begin to believe in myself. And I could begin to find value in myself and to know, to know that I have worth. So you got to find, you know, you got to, you know, it's so funny because I hear parents will tell that to their kids, you know, that they need to find something good in everything. And then I'll listen to that same parent. Like, I, I want to just say, hey. How about practicing what you preach? You want that baby to change? It's going to start with you. And sometimes I do say things like that. <laughs> sometimes with everything inside of me, I hold back. But sometimes I got to. With, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And look what happens. Verse 7, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds. So people are feeling today like they're going to lose it, like they're going to have a breakdown. But this promise says, if I will do my part, he's going to keep my heart right so that I won't become bitter. I won't, I won't become negative. I will be aware because I have been awakened so I know what's going on. Don't have my head buried in the sand. I'm conscious of what's going on. But I'm not going to let that rule me. I'm not going to let that take my peace and my joy. You know, nobody can take your peace unless you give your peace away. 
the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Christ will enable us to sleep in the midst of adversity, to sleep in the midst of the storm when it makes no sense. Jesus was asleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. Now, we talked about the other storm where he was walking out on the water, and those who had walked and talked and spent time with him didn't have a clue who he was because they weren't, weren't awake. They weren't tuned into the spirit. Their discernment wasn't kicked in. They didn't know who it was. But this is a different storm where he was asleep in the boat. And they had to wake him up to come deal with the storm. Because where was their authority? They should have been able to deal with that storm themselves. We are all equipped to deal with the storms ourselves. But sometimes we do need to draw on somebody else's faith. And pick up the phone and call them and say, hey, can you just stand with me? Can you just pray with me? Can, can, you, can you help me intercede through this battle, this situation that's going on? Jesus spoke to the waters. And to the storm, and it calmed, and it ceased. Daniel, he was another sleeper. He was in the den with hungry lions. But what did he do? He slept. Y'all, I got faith in God, but I don't know if I could pull that one off. Okay? I just don't think so. I, I don't know. But <laughs> Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison. He was about to be put to death. But he was chained to his enemies. Chained to them. They said, some of y'all letting your enemies keep you awake at night and they don't even know it. You're laying in bed, you're trying to go to sleep and you think, do you remember what they said about me? Can you believe, can you believe what they did to my child? And, you, and you're losing sleep and they're snoring away. They don't even know that you're all irked about them. Peter was chained. And he, his death was impending because Herod had just put James to death. So it wasn't like it was just an empty threat. You know, sometimes people just make empty threats. No, he, they had already killed James. So he, he was expecting, they're going to kill me tomorrow. <laughs> but if... If this is what the Lord has for me, I can't do anything to change it. I'm still going to at least go to get killed, but I'm going to have a good night's sleep. we refreshed. I don't know. I don't get that theology or that mindset. I'm not there, y'all. I'm still a work in progress. I think we all are. We're still a work in progress. But I'm issuing some challenges tonight, and I'm telling you that it's possible. It's possible for us to get to that place, to have that level of peace, that we can go to sleep chained to our enemies who want us dead not just people that don't like us i know some of y'all think when you go to bed at night that you're sleeping with the enemy there was a movie about that <clears throat> but i'm talking about somebody who really wants to kill him how can you have peace in the midst of your chaotic family issues and crises. Now, I'm, I try to say things when I'm dealing with serious, heavy topics to help us laugh a little bit along the way. But some of you in here, what's going on in the world and a hurricane in the Gulf 
is the least of your concern. Your heart is broken over your children. Your heart is broken over your parents, over your siblings, over your spouse. Your heart is breaking in two. So all these other things are going on in the world, but it's kind of like you're not even totally cognizant. Our son uh, pastors a church in Houma, Louisiana, and that was the second place that Hurricane Ida hit, and it just ravaged that whole area. And we were on the phone with him um, yesterday. Uh, well, to every day, but anyway, the conversation I'm referring to is yesterday. And, and I said something about what was going on with the Delta variant of COVID. He said, Mom, he said, it's like I've blanked out. It's almost like I totally forgot that there was even COVID or anything else going on. Because all I could see and eat and drink and try to sleep is Ida right now and helping people and rebuilding and gutting out and, you know, all of the situations. And so that's where some of you are. You're aware that all this craziness is going on, but you're not really cognizant of it because your heart's broken. Because the enemy has stolen your peace because of the chaos you're dealing with. You can have peace in the midst of your chaotic family's issues and crises, just like David did. You know, it's not a made-up story that I was reading to you. I mean, the story is even greater in depth. I preached on it at my women's conference in July, and I went into great depth talking about how that it was actually Amnon's cousin. He went to his cousin and talked to his cousin and said, man, I got this, you know, I, I, I mean, I can't think of another way to express it right now, so y'all just forgive me if you're religious. Get over it, okay? But he, like, he had the hots for his sister, and so he's telling his cousin about it, you know? And so his cousin's like, well, here's what you need to do. And instead of his cousin causing him to be aligned correctly and bringing correction in his life, he helped plan the whole strategy for how to take advantage of this innocent young woman. Y'all, we got to be careful who we're seeking recommendations, counsel, and advice from. They might be your blood kin, but they might be so far from God that they don't have the, uh, you know, the sense to come in out the rain, and they're misguiding and misdirecting your life. And you know what? God holds us accountable for who we go to to seek counsel from. But there are those who will go and seek counsel from somebody that they know is going to feed their sinful nature and their lust man and going to tell them what they want to hear. And that's, that's what he did. That's what he did. He went to, to somebody who he knew was going to help him to pursue his lustful actions. Anyway, I go into depth in it in that sermon, and that's not where I'm going tonight. I don't have time to go into all that and break it all down. But how do we get to a place of having peace? By reminding ourselves that Christ is our peace. By reminding ourselves of his promises to us. By rehearsing the promises and the attributes of the Lord. That's how you can have peace in the midst of the situation. You see, many years ago, 
my family went through some horrific crises. Not my husband and myself, but my extended family. And it affected us. It caused me to walk through a season where I couldn't lift my head because of the shame. It was a difficult time. And most people in a religious world knew what, I, what, what we were going through. Because religious people gossip. And, that, you know, it was around the time that we were walking through that that a song came out. I don't even know who wrote it. But it was talking about another wounded soldier is gone. Wounded soldier was the name of the song. And, boy. And it was talking about how that we kill our own in the church. We kill our own. And we feel like, well, they, they knew better than to fall into sin. They knew better than to, to do this or that or the other thing. And instead of coming in and in love, helping to rehabilitate and get them back on the right course, you know, we just kill them and we throw them away, you know, like, like they are worthless. And so I, I, I walked through that situation. And when I was going through that situation, I was a Pentecostal preaching machine, casting demons out of people, seeing the power of God work in my life. And after I would finish ministering, I would go sit down and panic and anxiety attacks for two years, two years. Only less than 10 people knew what I was going through in that season of my life. So I know what I'm talking about. The doctors wanted me to take uh, Xanax and all this medicine and stuff. And I'm not telling anybody not to take medicine. I was encouraged, it's okay. You're going through a situation that is known around the world. And, and, and you are dealing with what is no human should have to deal with. And so the Lord understands if you need to take that medicine, take it. So I filled the prescription. And I had it in my kitchen counter. And I was standing there one day washing dishes. And I just cried out to the Lord. I said, God, I feel like I need to, in my physical, take one of these pills. And it will help me. Because right now I can't function well for my family or anybody, but when I'm under the anointing in the pulpit, I'm perfect. I can do it all. But when I step out of my ministerial anointing into my resident anointing, because they are different, and when I step into my resident anointing, the onslaught of the enemy, the torment, the voices, the demons just, you know, coming at me like crazy. And I said, but God, if I take this pill for me, it's an admission that for the first time in my life, I'm facing a battle that you and I together can't handle. And I just can't bring myself to do that. Because my faith, my hope, my trust, my confidence is in you. I don't know how I'm going to get beyond this, and I don't want to live the rest of my life this way. But I have to trust you that you're going to bring me through this. Now, don't anybody say that I'm telling you, if you have been prescribed medication, not to take your medication. I'm telling you, 
It's up to you, just like I said a while ago about a vaccine. It's up to you. You have the Holy Ghost, just like I got the Holy Ghost. You should be walking in discernment, just like I walk in discernment. And I have to seek the face of God for myself. Each person works out their own salvation. And that means every part of your Christian walk, you work it out yourself in fear and trembling between you and God. So we go back to the first passage that I read about tonight. You know, so many people give Peter a bad rap because they say, well, he got out of the boat and he went walking on that water towards Jesus, but old Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he sank. Hey, which of us has never taken our eyes off of Jesus? It's kind of like, you know, the story of, of, of when, with the woman at the well. I, I, I can't throw any stones. As my husband would say, I don't have any stones in my pocket. I can't throw any stones. I've taken my eyes off the Lord before. I am very much human. So I'm not here to, to crucify Peter for taking his eyes off the Lord. Or you either. I'm not here to beat you up if you took your eyes off the Lord, but I'm saying tonight's the night to wake up. Tonight's the night to remind yourself of who you are. That was also sung in some of the songs tonight. I'm not familiar with the songs, that, but the last time I was here, you sang that champion song. I like that a lot. But I don't know most of y'all's music, and so I, um, I don't, can't tell you which song it was, but I just know it was stated in some songs in the lyrics tonight about knowing who you are in God. You've got to know who you are in God. It's your responsibility. You know, he's already, he, you know, as a good parent, and I, I know that we have a few young ladies in here, but the majority of you are old enough that, you know, that you possibly have children somewhere in your life, whether you're a, a school teacher like my sister over here, or whether you're a children's church teacher or you're an aunt or, or whatever, you've got children in your life. And there's a time in life where you can, you can sit there and you can cry with them and you can, you know, uh, oh, yeah, honey, they didn't treat you right and this didn't go right. and that. But at some point, you're going to stunt their development if you keep on allowing them to play the victim. And the challenge is we've got even preachers in a pulpit who have a victim mentality. So it's filtered through the church body, you know, and, and we make excuses for our strongholds. Oh, well, that's just my stronghold. Well, if we can blame it on a stronghold, we don't have to pray through and get deliverance ourselves. No. No. People have taken that whole teaching and distorted it all. He whom the Son sets free is not free halfway. We are free indeed, but the price has been paid. We've received the knowledge of that. Now we have a responsibility to walk in obedience and use what God has blessed us with. Amen? So we've got to step out of the boat. I've got a few things I'm going to read to you. And we've got to know that even if we take our eyes off Christ, you know, that we don't have to be beat up about it. We just repent and get up and get going again. I hate 
boxing and wrestling. I'm just not into it. I try to be that wife that can sit there and, and, you know, entertain that while he's watching that. I cannot. I close my eyes and I'll say, tell me when it's over, you know. The only one I did watch, somebody got into biting ears. You know what I'm saying? That's the only one I watched of all things, okay? So, I mean, I'm just so not interested in it. But I've heard my husband say, the difference between an amateur fighter and a pro fighter is how quick, once they've been knocked down, that they get back up. So if you've been knocked down, if you took your eyes off Christ and you started to sink, swim back up to the top, dog paddle, do something, <laughs> till you can get back up. Imagine for a moment what it must have been like for Peter to step out onto the waves in the pitch darkness during a storm. That storm was howling all around him. The water was rough. The waves were high. The wind was strong. And there was a storm going on. If you get out of the boat, whatever your boat might happen to be, there is a good chance you might sink. But if you don't get out, of the comfort of the boat, you will never know what could happen. And there is a guaranteed certainty you'll never walk on water. You'll never know what you could accomplish if you want to stay in the confines of the boat. Yeah, in the boat, there's all the naysayers and the critics. Here's Peter getting ready because the Lord said for him to come. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Jesus said, come. Don't you know that while he was getting ready to step over the side of that boat, that there were people saying, Peter, what are you doing? Are you crazy? You're going to sink. That storm's out there. That's a ghost. That's a phantom coming. That's not the Lord. You've been deceived. Don't follow that voice. Don't listen to that voice. How long are you going to let the people on the boat control you? And keep you from knowing if you could walk on water. How long are you going to let the voices of the people on the boat hold you back from the miracles that God has for you? Yeah, it's fearful to step out of the boat. It was bad on the boat, but at least on the boat there were other human beings. There were other people there with us and there was some wood to hold on to. you got to dare to take the risk. Overcome your fear. Face your fears. Dare to step out of the boat. You will, without question, sink if you take your eyes off the Lord. But if you stay in the confines of the boat, there is a guaranteed certainty you will never walk on water. Y'all, how many times have we missed out on an opportunity where God wanted to use us to perform a miracle because we stayed in a boat? It was comfortable there. Then comes along Jesus at the most unique time and he asks us, just trust me. Take a leap of faith. Step out. Take a leap of faith that we never expected, especially not right now. And it's in those moments we have our own opportunity to walk on water. But doing so requires stepping outside 
of our comfort zone. When life becomes difficult, listen to this, we tend to take fewer risks because we want to stay in the safety net. Instead of taking risks, we prefer to, number one, prevent further loss. Number two, guard what we value. Number three, maintain the status quo. Because we want safety, protection, and security. Your boat, what is your boat? It's whatever represents safety and security to you, apart from God himself. Your boat is whatever you are tempted to put your trust in especially when life gets a little stormy. You know, we're not called to be reckless. I want to clarify that. But we are called to trust and walk in obedience. Faith means nothing if it doesn't mean or involve risk. So, y'all, stop listening to the naysayers. Surround yourself with some more teases. That are going to shepherd you. That are going to speak encouragement and life and hope to you. And they're going to tell you, come on, you can do it. Come on, come on, come on. Pick that foot up high. Oh, a little bit higher to get over the side of that boat. You can do it. Y'all, you don't know how hard that was for me to do it. You notice I pulled my pants leg to get my leg up there, you know. You can do it. Come on. Step over the side of that boat because you'll never know what God's got in store for you if you don't try I'm going to be here with you. I'm praying for you. I'm interceding. I believe in you, Sarah. We believe in you. I believe in you. You've been tossed and torn. Things you didn't ask for and you did not deserve. But the anointing on your life is unstoppable. The only person that can stop it is you. Only you. Don't come out from under these wings right here of protection. They're going to help you get out of the boat. They're going to help you. I don't know her well, but Peggy, she's one, two. I can tell she's trustworthy. I get my feelings hurt when people tell me I'm a mother in the Lord because I refuse to be old. <laughs> I am not getting old. Okay? I'm maturing. I'm having birthdays. I'm growing up. But I will not get old. But I know that these two ladies are like me. We're very young mothers in the Lord. Find somebody that's going to help you. We're living in unprecedented times, uncertainty all around. But our loving Father did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. That word power is dunamis, which is the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. So he didn't leave you powerless in the face of all of this chaos. He gave you the power to be a, a, a dynamo and the Bible says the Greek definition of that says it's a dynamo uh, and a dynamite that has the power of reproducing after its kind 
Y'all, what are you reproducing? If you've been serving the Lord for very long, you should be having signs and wonders following you. And reproducing after your kind. So we got to take risks. We got to take the risks. We got to get over the fear. We all deal with it. We all deal with it. But He has equipped us to rise above it. The passage that caused me to work my way through panic and anxiety attacks that I had it on sticky notes everywhere that I will keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on me. And about that time, Andre Crouch had written a song when I was in my late teens from that passage. And I would just listen to that song over and over. He's going to give me perfect peace. I will keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on me. What is your mind focused on? Whatsoever things are lovely, pure, of a good report. If there be any virtue. If there be any praise, I left some of them out, but it's in that in Philippians chapter 4. You can look it up. I've preached a little longer than I intended to, and for that, I apologize if I took you too long. But y'all, we are influencers of people in our life, and people are watching us when we least expect it. And if we don't push beyond the fear and we allow ourselves as spirit-filled believers to walk around shrouded with fear, everybody around sees that. I can't help them if I'm staying ensnared by the devil's tactics. I can't be what I need to be for them. I've got to push beyond because others need to know that there is freedom for them as well. Amen. We're going to pray with you in just a few moments because there's some of you that you need to get out of the boat. You've been in the comfort of the boat far too long. I'm going to turn the service momentarily to Pastor John, and then I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Pat and um, Carrie and, and, and Bethany if you're feeling like it. And, um, you know, and I don't know who your prayer team is, but to help me as we pray for people because I want to see you set free from fear tonight. Dare to step out of the boat. Dare to get out of your comfort zone. Look, I understand. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to tell you that I've been there. And I walked through it. I'm walking through it now. We all are. We're all going through uncertainty. God gives us all prophetic words and insight on certain things. But his word says, listen, don't let somebody tell you they got all the answers. Because his word says we see in part and we know in part. So Bethany's going to bring a word in the morning. You've got prophets in this house, Pastor Jeff, Pastor John, Pastor Pat. Carrie's going to be ministering um, tomorrow night and, and bringing forth the word. You need to be here. You need to be here. We've got to go back home because we've got to preach at our churches this weekend. But she's going to be here. And she's a trusted voice in this house. Come hungry. Come expecting. Place a demand on the anointing. And get around people. Guard your circle. Guard your circle. Don't let just anybody speak into your life. Guard your circle. Amen. Pastor John, I'm turning it to you.
That's a good word. Amen. I want to give you an opportunity to sow uh, into Pastor Beverly's ministry at this time. We, we, we've already cut a check to her, and so, but I want to give you an opportunity to sow into this moment. This is a very crucial moment. When we started TGP, um, we actually started, I, I went to Gonzales to a women's conference. I took my mom to it, and, um, uh, and she spoke a message called, I Am Unlocked. And, um, and then I stole it and, and preached it my second Sunday uh, as, a, as a church. And we talked about how we're unlocked. And so I want to give you an, give you an opportunity to sow into um, the Lord unlocking um, your, your spiritual womb, unlocking your next, yeah. unlocking your future. Because yeah. you got to remember when, when um, you can start getting your money together, a lot of talk. Now, uh, come on, I'm going to just talk for a minute. Noah, when the Lord told Noah to build an ark, he didn't know what an ark was. Right, exactly. Noah had to peer into the future and bring that into, into his now. So that's what you're going to do right now. You're going you're gonna to get a, uh, you're going to grab some money, and you're going to sow into your next. You're going to sow into your future, and God's going to unlock some things for you. So I'm going to take you, take a moment, and let you and seek the Holy Spirit to write a few hundreds or whatever you want to write. and um, Because I believe pioneers are in the water, they're not in the boat. Pioneers, those that pioneer a, move, a new thing, are not hanging out in the wings, they're already in the game. They see into the future. They see what's coming. They they under they understand that that you know we we read it on Sunday where we talked about it a couple Sundays ago that the sons of Iscar knew the times and the seasons and they not only just knew they under they had a strategy on how to deal with it. And so we got a bunch of prophets that are saying something with no substance. They're not giving us the strategy on how to move forward. They want to say something and just release it, but not give us strategy. What we need now more than ever is strategy. And so we want to sow right now that God gives you strategy in your next. Amen. Offering envelope, raise your hand. I'm sorry. Offering envelope, raise your hand. I'm not good at offering taken because I'll preach. So we want to thank you for sowing. You can make your checks out to Beverly Bilbo. And everything in this offering will go to her. And of course, we're going to bless her as a church as well. And so um, we'll give. absolutely, absolutely. You can write your credit card and we can, I'm sure Beth has a, thingy and she can yeah so you can play something Jeff thank you <clears throat> once we're done giving we're going to uh, pray for you tonight so don't go nowhere when I was just a little boy we used to sing a song in church that always in the midst of any kind of trials or any kind of storm always seem to bring the presence of the Lord. And that's what this night is about. It's about being in His presence. And it went like this. Peace, peace. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above.
all stand together tonight what a word huh amen do you feel the peace amen father we thank you we praise you for this incredible message tonight father we thank you that tonight you're going to send you're going to give us peace is already here but father we're going to receive it in greater measure we thank you for it in jesus name my passage back to pastor bev and uh i have her close it thank you Amen. What an awesome song selection, Jeff, or whomever selected that. That was right on for our family. That song is when we our oldest grandson was born and he was ended up in the NICU for several days, had to have a surgery and, and all. And that was the song that his dad would sing over him. I sang that over my kids. Bethany sings it over her. So I was in the car with her the other day when she took her little boy to school on his second day of school. And he was not having it. He's just turned four. And so we were sitting in the pickup line for the teacher to come get him for 20 minutes. And he cried and screamed the whole time, and we were trying to talk to him and encourage him and make him laugh. And so finally, Bethany started singing, peace, peace. And he said, no, no peace, no peace, no peace. <laughs> he was not having it. But he's doing better now. He likes school. <laughs> Woo, it was something. We were both about, we didn't know whether to cry or scream. And then some of the time it was funny because he was so adamant. But it was not going, not ever going to see that teacher again. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's a cry of our heart, peace, peace, and he brings it. What a beautiful song. And we're going to open the altars right now. There's some of you that just when you step out of that aisle, into the aisle to come here, symbolically step out of the boat. Step out of that boat so that you can get beyond the fears and the voices and the naysayers and walk in obedience. You'll never experience his peace if you don't give him the opportunity to envelop you and to shower you with it. And um, I'll let y'all tell me who needs to help us with praying with people. But if y'all want to come for prayer, I know that tomorrow is going to be powerful too amazing messages i hope that like uh, pastor pat said that you'll all be able to come and be here and and receive from the ministry as it comes forth from each one thank you lord i'll just wait a few minutes if you want to come and if not then that's okay. <laughs> there you go okay <laughs>
Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Don't be concerned about what someone else is going to say about you coming forward. Come up and receive your blessing from the Lord. This woman preached her heart out from her own experiences. Don't stand there and act like I used to act. I'm not going up there. I don't need them to touch me. I'll do it on my own. And I'd go back and I was right back in the same mess I was in before. Let us help you. Let us stand with you. Let us touch you and pray with you and impart the blessing of the Lord on you. Let us help you. And it may not be whoever prays for you. It doesn't matter because we're, we're all releasing anointing in you. Amen. Amen. Would you just repeat after me, dear Lord? I've made a step tonight. I'm stepping out of the boat. I'm going to face my fear head on, knowing that you are with me and that you have given me peace, which will pass all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen.